Now, Talk Zone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joe Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Yeah, we do welcome you to Two Guys and a Mic. Hour number two, a rare moment in time, Brady Stiff. Imagine, imagine the excitement. Normally a one-hour show today, we get two hours to talk about sports. We can hardly control ourselves. Workplace production has just gone down <laughs> even more than in the first hour. Uh, we highly suggest if you're listening to the show, uh, you know, it's better if you're listening with somebody else. So grab a, a workmate. If you're roaming the streets listening to the show, grab a stranger. If you're at home, grab a family member, but we encourage you to hold hands, hug somebody, and listen to the show. It's a much, much more pleasant experience. Kind of like Bob Huggins and Deshaun Butler. Yeah. That, that was, was it was borderline awkward. It was a little weird. <laughs> a little weird. And I, probably I, on the wrong side of the border as yeah. far as awkward is concerned. <laughs> I haven't heard um, many sports talk people talk about that, but it was it was a little odd. What what yeah. is what has been some of the uh talk, shall we say, on the internet on that. Well, I uh, was listening to Doug Gottlieb, uh, the college basketball analyst mm-hmm. for ESPN. He Very loved attractive man in his own right. <laughs> he loved it. He thought it was, he called it the best moment following the worst moment of the okay. tournament. I and like that. I, I can see how you like it because I, mm-hmm. I definitely see the positive side of it. You know, coach-player relationship, they're so close. You know, Deshaun with his competitiveness and his, you know, desire and his passion is great. Mm-hmm. And then Huggins, you know. And Huggins isn't a guy who you think would do something like that. You know, he comes off as this this tough guy who's, you know, not necessarily almost like a Bobby Knight type of guy. Um but I was listening to some other shows and they were like, Yeah, that was just kinda weird. Because I mean he was literally like two inches yep. from the guy's face, you know, stroking it with his thumb. It was it, it was a little awkward. It was near lip lock. Yeah. 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 All right, Brady Stiff, uh, if you're just joining us here, hour number two. Brady filling in for the big dog today with the coach, with you right up until 12 o'clock Central Time, talkzone.com. Two guys at a mic normally, a one-hour show from 10 to 11 Central Time. Today we go two hours. We'll talk some Masters. We did the first hour of the show. We'll definitely talk some baseball. The baseball season's off and running pretty uh, eventful. First couple of games, first week of the baseball season, no question about it. We also have the NBA and hockey kicking into high gear, the playoffs on the horizon. So lots to talk about here. We'd love to do with you. Our phone lines are open at 888-463-6748. The pride and joy of Indiana University. Brady Stiff joining us. And uh, once again, very disappointing to our many female listeners. Brady did inform us at the beginning of the show that his very um, – Good relationship from a couple of months ago, apparently, continues. Still intact. You are still... Um, and she she texted me earlier. Non-available, she, shall we say. She likes my shirt. So she she's does. watching. She's watching the webcast? Yeah, yeah. Katie, right? Katie, yeah. All right. Katie, and now I took off my long sleeve. <laughs> yeah. I'm now wearing the uh, Albany Schnadecti Maccabi t-shirt. Schenectady. I wonder That's... if Katie, Katie likes that at all. I'll have it to ask her. It is here, by the way. It's, it's a little warm. All right. But it's chilly outside, so it's it's welcome. Thank you for that weather report. Our weather <laughs> forecaster, Brady Stiff, in the house. Very, very good. Now, uh, you were talking a little Blackhawk hockey and NHL during the break. We should mention that to the Blackhawks, which had catapulted downward, Brady. They've won, what, five in a row now? Five in a row, yeah. Our Four Chicago row, hockey yeah. team looking, uh, the doctor's report, very healthy. Well, they almost blew it last night, though. Six to five was the final. 
I, I well, what lead did they have? Uh, it was six to one or six to Whoa. two at one point. Hey, wow! I mentioned I was bowling earlier, and uh, you can watch, you know, TVs at the bar, or whatever. And we went to go bowling between periods, and my buddy's a Sox fan, so we had the Sox fan or the Sox game on the TV next to our lane, and so we just assumed that the Hawks would, you know, cruise to victory. Well. I got home and checked the the score and it was six to five. I was like, "Whoa, what what happened?" And you know, Niemi let in a couple soft goals that he probably shouldn't have. There was a penalty shot, um, and I mean, you you you've got a six to two lead in the third period. You know, odds are they're not going to come back and, and mm-hmm. beat you, but they almost did. I mean, they almost came back and tied the game. Very interesting mentality when you are leading comfortably. Right. It's almost like the coach, you have to get ingrained into your players. You have to fight the natural tendency to get into a comfort level and lose your edge. Right. I see it in basketball a lot, Brady. It's amazing. Where teams will jump off to an 8-0 lead, 12-2, 16-4, and it's almost without exception that that big early lead never holds up, and it's because teams lose their edge. There's a whole separate psychology to leading in a game and, and trying not to lose the edge that got you the lead in the first place. Right. I've, I've noticed that very same thing, you know, watching a lot of college basketball. Teams always make a run, and it's, you know, not necessarily always because the other team gets lackadaisical, but it, the game almost always becomes a close game. You know, whether or not uh, they come back all the way or not, you know, the other team might get scared and say, oh, we should play now, uh, and then they, you know, build their lead back up but mm-hmm. i mean it happens in hockey too and you know the blues aren't playing for anything they were eliminated from the playoffs the hawks they are well they've clinched no worse than the second seed in the west and they're still in contention for the top spot um so they, they've still got something to play for and the blues you know, it's a natural rival between st louis and chicago and the blues have a reputation for being a little bit of a dirty team and uh that read its ugly head a little bit last night a uh, couple fights, a couple uh, scraps, a uh, couple penalties that mm-hmm. probably shouldn't have been taken by the Blues. I mean, there was one play where uh, I think it was Cam Jansen tried to get in a fight with Ben Eager, and Jansen dropped the gloves, and Ben Eager just kind of stood there like, what, what, what are you, what are you doing? What do you yeah. think you're doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, I don't know who Cam Jansen is, but uh, Cam, if you're listening to the show, wrong guy to pick a fight with. Yeah, you know, there's I'm some not, guys I'm you can push around in the hawk. Ben Eager, he's got that look. Oh, yeah. You don't want to mess with Ben Eager. No. Yeah, Chicago Blackhawks. Talk a little NHL hockey. We'll get back to the uh, big stories at hand, the Masters Golf Tournament in particular. But if you're a hockey fan, we'll do a quick segment here. You want to check in, 888-463-6748. Love to hear from you. Phone lines open. And, again, our email address is mike2guys at AOL.com. Brady, do you think uh, teams, it seems like teams are – Trying to get physical with the Chicago Blackhawks. They realize the Blackhawks are a skilled, up-and-coming team, and they're going to make the Blackhawks earn their points. They're kind of picking on them and seeing if the Hawks will respond. Yeah, I I get that feeling, too. I mean, you see Patrick Kane, a a little guy, a finesse player, uh, fast, you know, light on his feet. He gets banged around a little bit, and he doesn't like it. You, You can tell by his body language on the ice that he does not like to get hit. And... I'll tell you what, the playoffs are coming up. He's going to get knocked around a little bit, and he has to learn to play through it, play through some checks, uh, not get discouraged if he gets knocked down on the boards because it's come playoff time. I mean, you can't afford to get lazy. And, uh, I mean, obviously right now it's sort of the the dog days of the season coming down to the end of the regular season. 
Sure, they may not have everything to play for, but I mean, playoffs start next week, right? So you got to ramp it up. Mm-hmm. You got to be ready to be tough and be physical right back because I mean, the some teams have taken the Hawks right off of their game by just knocking them off the puck. And looking forward to it, Stanley yeah. Cup playoffs coming up in Chicago. It's been a uh, fairly dormant NHL playoff cup last year. The Blackhawks, of course. We're in it, but it's uh, only of recent vintage. After that, it was a long layoff for a lot of Chicago fans. Kind of forgot the beauty of the uh, Stanley Cup playoffs. And again, I'm only a mid-level hockey fan. Sounds like you're a little bit more than I am. Used to be a huge Hawks fan, but Brady, I will argue a little bit similar to the back nine of the Masters. Even if you are not a hockey fan, Stanley Cup playoff hockey. For a sports fan, if a game goes overtime, oh yeah, sudden death Stanley Cup playoff hockey is about as good as you get yeah. in the fine world of sports. Well, we saw the Olympics and what the Olympics were like, and that's what it's going to be like. Yep. You know, for uh, what is it, four series that each league plays to get to the Cup Finals or three, something like that. But it's going to be intense. It's going to be some really, really physical hockey, uh, and it's. I've always said that playoff hockey is nothing like the regular season, sort of like in the NBA. You know, playoff basketball is nothing like the – because they play 82 games. I mean, you know, how how much can you get up for a game against the uh, – I'm trying to think of a bad team, the Edmonton Oilers in the middle of the season. You know, it's tough. It's tough, especially when the Hawks have have had such a great year that, you know, you can't really get up for these games that you're supposed to win, and then all of a sudden you lose, and then – you know, but hopefully for the playoffs they'll be good to go. I mean, they're going to face a good team regardless whether it's Nashville, Detroit, or mm-hmm. uh, well, Calgary's out of it now. So uh, one of those teams that I mean, the Hawks are beatable. There's no question. We've seen it. All right, talk a little NHL hockey. Chicago Blackhawks here. A lot of the uh, experts are picking the Blackhawks. Maybe not the prohibitive team to beat, but certainly one of the favorites. Be very, very exciting for the city of Chicago here. Haven't had the Stanley Cup playoff championship in our sights. I guess last year. We kind of got it in our vision a they little got bit. To, got a little they got to the conference finals. Mm-hmm. Took the Red Wings to five games, I think. Yeah, five or six. Uh, the Red Wings are just too much in the end. But hopefully, you know that deep playoff run, that experience pays off for for Kane and Taves and these young guys um, who got a taste of it last year and are going to be back at it this year. Mm-hmm. I'm an original six guy. Go way back to the original six where I was a. Huge Blackhawks fan, and not as much of it now. It is a lot harder to follow when there's how many teams are there? like thirty teams now in the NHL. Yeah, 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 yeah. And, and, and they're and, not on TV. I mean, they don't have the national contract that mm-hmm. you know the NFL and the MLB have, which which is another topic for another day, or we could talk about it now. Whatever you want to do, but uh, I think it's it's sad almost for for hockey fans that you know the strike happened. And then the TV contract with ESPN went away, mm-hmm. and now they're on Versus, which I don't get. I don't know if you get at your house, um, but it's a channel that not a lot of people get, and that's really, you I know, believe I get Versus right between the Outdoor Hunting Channel and the Spice Channel. There you go. So if I uh, switch around, if I'm channel flipping, I can get Hunting. <laughs> I can get Cindy from Cinemax, or I can get Ivan Cornway of the Montreal Canadiens. <laughs> there you go. Yeah, there you go. So I mean, and if they, you combine all three, if you go flip back and forth all three, that's a night. I don't know how to explain it to the fans. This is family radio here, but it's not a bad experience. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it, it's it's just a shame though that the game has lost its national well, exposure. And here's another thing. Uh, back when I was a huge hockey fan, I mean, I sound like an old fashioned guy, but I am an old fashioned guy. 
the players didn't wear helmets. Right. So you could see their faces. You could see their expressions. So there were less teams. You got to know the players. You could feel more of a connection. And I totally understand why they're wearing the helmets. I mean, it was right. stupid not back during the day. But it's just a little bit harder to get that connection, I think, from the fan standpoint now because of the number of teams, the number of foreign players whose names you can barely pronounce. And an underrated fact is the fact they wear the helmets and you can't really see their expressions or what they look like. Right. And I think, you know, as, as TV has gotten better, you know, with HD, yep. you, you, you get that a little more. Oof. But... Some of the hockey players, the HD is a little too clear. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Uh, but you you go, I mean, obviously in Chicago we've got the Blackhawks, and they're having a really successful year. Yep. But you go to a market like, say, um, Columbus. You know, they're a decent team, but how much hockey are they really talking? You know, a, a market like St. Louis, who's out of the playoffs. Mm-hmm. You listen to sports talk radio there. How much hockey are they talking? How much hockey are the national talk shows talking because – they simply don't know anything because they can't follow the games. Well, we're going to check in real quick. We got the Columbus Hockey Station. I think it's W-C-O-L-H-O-C-K, and I think we got it hooked up. We're going to check up and see. Brady asked the question, how much hockey are they talking in Columbus? And uh, let's tune into the Columbus's number one hockey station. I believe we're getting it set up. Here is, let's listen in. That's it. That's it. So apparently they're not talking a lot of hockey in Columbus. Eight <laughs> 888-463-6748. We're going to get back to Masters Golf Talk a little bit and baseball also. Phone lines are open, folks. Any kind of sports talk here, we are more than willing to jump off the sports page as well. And, uh, Brady, we got a little Masters Golf Tournament to explain to the fine folks how they could not only listen to today's show, but maybe earn a little cash while they're doing it. Well, call into today's show and you can... Talk to the fine gentleman you hear on the radio or your computer, whatever you may be listening on. Pick a golfer to win, and we'll give you some odds. Our uh, producer, David Olson, will dial up some odds. and Manually. Uh, manually. He does most things manually. <laughs> and we'll multiply it by four. Is that the deal? Is that the deal yes. now? So we'll multiply it by four, and if that golfer should mm-hmm. be putting on the green jacket on Sunday, then you'll go home with, uh, with a little bit of extra cash. And you don't have to put anything down. Right, exactly. So it's a no-risk, good-reward situation, folks. Already taken, we had uh, caller Johnny Parr. Johnny Parr. <laughs> <laughs> Pick Jeff, o- Jeff Ogilvie. I think the odds were, what, 8-1 to one on Ogilvie? 17-8. Uh, 17-1. Eight, eight, so he would one. win uh, 72 bucks? No. 68? 68. Okay. 68. Quick uh, math. Another fine caller picked Anthony Kim. That was uh, that was Sean, our... Uh... Caller Sean. 18-1 to one with the odds on Anthony Kim. So, again, I, I hate to do math before 12 o'clock, but that's something like 72. Yeah. All yeah. right, $72. So all you got to do is email us at Mike2GuysAOL.com or give us a call, 888-463-6748. You're picked to win the Masters. Obviously, the more of a long shot, the higher the odds, the more money you get. You want to pick t- Tiger Woods in previous years when we did this. He was such a favorite. This is how good he was. He if you on? pick Tiger Woods and he won, you would owe us $15. There, there you go. That's too easy to pick that, Tiger Woods. That's race. a favorite. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. But now... It's like it's like when you go to the racetrack and you bet on Secretariat. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> yep. By the way, speaking of the racetrack, uh, David, how many days till the Kentucky Derby? You got the countdown? Give me a rough estimate. Uh, 24. <sighs> I'll be there. Are you going? I'm going to the Derby, oh, yeah. Oh, I'm jealous. <laughs> First the time. Kentucky Derby. First time. Really? Yeah. You I've got never, room for another? Uh, I hope so. Who are you going with? 
Uh, my friends, Katie's involved. Katie's going? Yeah. Katie doesn't. Yeah. I bet you she doesn't like horse racing. She loves horse racing. She does? She beats All me right. every time we go to the track. Really? Yeah. And I'm the expert, so-called. Remember, we had the Breeders' Cup. I yeah. was here one time. I did the Breeders' Cup thing. I, I didn't do too well. Yeah. <laughs> I, lo- I love the guys at the racetrack, you know, with, you know, the, the retired guys or whatever with oh, the yeah. cigars. Oh, yeah. They got their charts, you know, looking through the oh, yeah. charts, you know, who did what the last six races. They got races. 72 tickets for one race. Yeah. <laughs> the sunglasses, you know. And then I bring my eight-year-old son out there about five years ago, and, you know, he picked the horses by names, won seven races in a row. That's how you do it. That now we were picking. I think we were picking place. So it was first or second. Well, even still, I mean, to get, I mean, you'd think that's a totally random pick yeah. because you got seven or eight horses in a race. Mm-hmm. I mean, if you're picking first or second, you're picking by name. That's mm-hmm. that's incredible. All right. Well, you know, a lot of the Derby favorites are out there. We've been keeping a list of horses that we have that many people don't know about. Uh huh. Just real quick, if Katie is listening, any other horse racing fans, we'll get back to it in a second. But uh, this is from a small stable. Out in Mississippi that we own. It's called the Kamanawanalea Stables. Okay. Out in Mississippi. And a couple of horses to keep an eye on. Crack in the back. Uh-huh. Uh, I've got a headache. A female horse. Okay. A filly. <laughs> She's running and keep an eye on her early withdrawal. Uh-huh. And it's you can't reach. <laughs> it's you can't reach. I'm telling you right now, that is a horse to watch out for. As my partner Joel said the other day, it's a horse that runs angry. <laughs> Does he have three <laughs> legs or four? <laughs> Maybe that's, the, maybe that's the reason he can't reach that itch. We will have more <laughs> horses to pick for you. Again, you won't get these on other ships. Right. These are some of the non-favorites that might sneak their way into the Derby. We're trying to give our listeners. It's a 20-horse field. There's a lot of horses that I'm can go in there. I'm telling you right now. We, this, is, this is the public service that we provide here on the show. But uh, all kidding aside, that's very cool. Will you please, I'll talk to you before that, uh-huh. as we head to a break here. 888-463-6748. Talk some Masters Golf and Baseball. When we come back, but would you uh, call in from the Derby and be our official Absolutely. reporter? Absolutely. We're going down on, uh, I think we'll get to Louisville on Friday. All right, cool. So, uh, yeah, we'll All be right. there. And, David, I know you said it was one of the best sporting events you were ever ever attended. I'm jealous because I have not been there yet, but uh, very cool. Yeah, we'll All be right. we'll be in the infield, which right. I hear you can't see the race from, but uh, I'm excited just to be there. You have a lot of fun. Yeah. Oh, you yeah. Have a lot. All right, if Katie cancels out, if something happens in the relationship between now and May 5th, uh, I'll take, I don't want you. If it happens, save a spot for me. We'll do. We'll, do. we'll take a quick break. David Olson, our producer, is intern. Randy Myers behind him. We'll take a quick break. <laughs> Back in a minute. Talkzone.com. Two guys, one mic.
not easy getting old, Brady Stiff. Not easy getting old. Uh, there was a little old man who shuffled slowly into an ice cream parlor, pulled himself slowly, but very painfully, crouchingly, up onto a stool. After catching his breath, he finally ordered a banana split. The waitress asked him very nicely, uh, crush nuts? And he said, no, arthritis. <laughs> Thank you very much. Back on the talkzone.com, 888. Not easy getting old, uh, Brady. Not easy. Well, I'm only, well, I'm about to be 23, yeah. so hopefully I got a lot of years in front of me. You don't look a day over 24. You're a young looking man. 888 463 6748, the phone number. And again, you can email us at mike2guys at aol.com, M I C, and the number two, mike2guys at aol.com. David Olson, I ever tell you my mother never loved me? Never loved me at all. I got no respect at all for my mom. I mean, she breastfed my brother and said she liked me as a friend. <laughs> Thank you very much. You Rodney Dangerfield right now? Uh, I'm a little young for Rodney you Dangerfield. You see, the, the young guys, they don't, they don't appreciate. I would argue that Rodney transcends time. Yeah. I can tell Brady Stiff would argue yeah. differently. You're, <laughs> you're being nice because you don't know me well enough. <laughs> all right. Um, talk a little baseball now. we got game three today for our Cub and our White Sox here in the city of Chicago. And, again, you're listening from any of the fine cities via our Internet here, TalkZone.com. Uh, talk some baseball with us, 888 The White Sox, we talked about the Cub brutal in the first two games. Sox looked great in game one. But then yesterday, Brady, not so good. The bullpen so kind of fell apart as well. Yeah, uh, and it is the Indians, keep in mind, as far as game one is concerned. Because what was the final, like 7-8 to 1, something like that? Uh, but Paul Canerico's got a couple of homers already. Yep. Um, but other than that, I mean, they had just two hits last night. Uh, one was uh, the Pauly home run. Were you surprised they played? A little bit. Oof. It was raining all day here. Not just raining. Now, it maybe down too. on the south side, you know, I was about 45 minutes from where the uh, Chicago team played. Mm-hmm. But it was rainy. Really cold yeah, and really, really windy. Brutal playing conditions. Especially at night. Yes. <laughs> uh, you know what? And if there's a fan out there listening to the show, if you stuck around for that game, I would have talked to you because any of the fans that stuck around through the ninth inning of that game, Reserve and again, I'm telling you, it was brutal outside you. You know, you can handle one of the, of the elements, one of the three, wind, cold, and rain. Right. Maybe two out of the three. Maybe. When cold, you get all cold three. Cold and wind, okay, but... Cold, windy, and rainy. Yeah. And the rain's probably freezing cold, too. Yeah. Uh, not fun. No. Not fun. No. And, you know, football, you almost expected. Baseball, you're sitting there. It's a slow-moving game. So any of the fans that stuck around through the ninth inning, those are truly, truly loyal fans. But uh, tough loss for the Whites. So I was amazed they played the game. But 5-3, uh, to three, they lose to Cleveland. Bullpen, Bobby Jenks, did not look good. No, no. Was he? Was it just that he was wild last night or just, I mean, he? Uh, same with Jake Peavy. Jake Peavy was a little wild last night, too. Couldn't get his breaking ball over. Got um, uh, a 3 nothing lead, right? Yeah. Typically, you give Jake Peavy a 3 nothing lead. His first 2010 start. He did start some games for the Sox couple, last year. Yeah, last year, yeah. But he could not hold the lead. Struggled in the fourth inning and into the fifth. Yeah. It was they not... Threw like 106 pitches? Something like that. And didn't... Wasn't it uh, like a week or two ago they let him throw 112 pitches in spring training in a, a backfield game? I mean, what? What? Why? It's it's April. It's you know you you have to get to October before mm-hmm. they can pitch like they're in October. And it's a guy who has a bad. What's his injury? Is it uh, last year? No, it was an ankle. 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 I think he may have had some arm yeah. problems in the past, but last year he broke mm-hmm. something in his ankle that that kept him out for a few months. Ah, it's just an ankle. Yeah. Snap it back into place. He'll be fine. Right. 
Only somewhat necessary. <laughs> All right. Well, no reason to panic. Jake P. He wasn't terrible. No, just, no. He was not the Jake Peavy that they uh, He'll get hope there. that He'll he get will there. be. It's, it's tough to play in those conditions, especially mm-hmm. for a pitcher, because you you want to keep your arm warm mm-hmm. throughout the course of a game. And if you're sitting in a dugout, I mean, the, the Sox clubhouse is right behind their dugout, so I'm assuming he went back in the clubhouse you know, from time to time to uh, to warm up a little bit. But mm-hmm. uh, it's that's not fun. Not fun. Round baseball, some interesting uh, matchups yesterday. Yankees, uh, we all know they lost the opening game to Boston. Brady, they've come back and won two out of three. Last night was a thriller. They get a home run from Curtis Granderson, the kid mm-hmm. from, from Chicago, who played on the Tigers. He's been an immediate impact player for the Yankees, but a tenth inning, uh, I believe, home run right off Jonathan oh, was it, was Papelbon. It a walk-off? No, because they were in Boston. couldn't have been a walk-off. Right. But uh, was it off Papelbon? It was off Papelbon. Uh, not good for Red Sox fans. <laughs> not good for Papelbon. <laughs> no. After the way uh, the the 9 season closed out for the Red Sox with him blowing the lead in the uh, division series, uh, Sunday night was good for him. He, he pitched well that night. Mm-hmm. Uh, but last night, not good. Not good. So the Yankees take two out of three in that uh, dreaded rivalry that will continue on till this year. Pittsburgh. How about the Pirates? Up. Now, everybody says, oh, they always start off the season. I always root for the Pittsburgh Pirates. They're a low-budget team. And based on our finances here at the radio show, Brady, I think we can all relate to that. Yeah. So we got to root for Pittsburgh. And in addition to that, I root for every low-budget team because the better they do, like the Minnesota Twins, the better those teams do, the less it will encourage owners from paying these ridiculous salaries to the players. So a Pittsburgh Pirate team off to a 2-0 start. Yeah, and uh, they got a guy, Garrett Jones, who's got three homers already. I mean, I, you know, I need to see him more, but I'm hearing great things. Young player? Not uh, a rookie. Though. Yeah, uh, he was born in 81, so he's, what, 29-ish? Mm-hmm. So, he, I mean, he's not young, but uh, he hasn't played much. He's played, I think he played 82 games last year. He broke into the majors in 07, so I think he, you know, he's relatively green in the major leagues, but He's only got three hits this year, but he's made them all count. Mm-hmm. Uh, so three homers. Uh, he he hit 293 last year in 82 games with the Pirates. Uh, you know, hit 21 homers last three year. Three home runs, two games. He's on a pace for 220 homer season. That's good math. I'm impressed. Wow, Garrett Jones, Pittsburgh Pirates. You know, the, the thing with the Pirates is, how long will it take before they trade him? Because yeah, some see, team will come calling. Yeah, it's 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 a shame because you look at Jason Bay. Xavier Nady, mm-hmm. uh, Nate McLeod started in Pittsburgh. I mean, yeah. it just it seems like every time they get a, a bright yeah. young star, they have to trade him away. It's what, uh, quite frankly, turns me off uh, more often than not about professional sports. Yeah, it's why more and more now I follow high school and college sports. Is there's no team allegiance. Yeah, you know, pro sports are you know it's all about finances. They're jumping from one team to another. I like to follow it. I like the competition. It's you know it's in my nature, but. Brady, as you get older and older, and you're old, different than my old, but it gets harder and harder to um, enjoy Yeah, professional sports. And when did baseball go to free agency? Was it 77, something like that, mm-hmm. in, the, in the 70s? Uh, and obviously free agency and the lack of a salary cap in baseball has played a huge role in, in these in these guys' salaries and teams like the Yankees who spend more on their infield than the Brewers do on their entire team. Uh, that was the, the sort of controversy earlier this week with the Brewers' owner saying something about the Yankees and the Yankees firing back. But uh, it's it's a lot to deal with sometimes. You know, these these teams can spend so much money in the big markets, yet mm-hmm. teams like the Pirates and the Brewers and uh, the Marlins hardly spend any. Takes the fun out of the game. It takes the purity of competition away. I mean, you know, you get teams playing all season long and they develop their identity, and then all you hear about in July is, 
well, our team can contend if we pick up this, and if we pick up this guy, this guy might be traded, and, you know, we got to pick up two more players for the stretch. So, well, all season long. Yeah. You played with that team. You got in contention with that team, and now you're going to bring in for the final, what, month? Right. And it's, Different it's, players, it goes against my, my natural sports nature. It's always guys natural who are... Nature. <laughs> It's always guys who are in the, either like the last year of their contract or one year left on their deal yeah, after and, the year. Sometimes and, they just borrow. Yeah, they rent a player. That's what yeah. happened with. Uh, uh, I'm trying to think of a good example here. Uh, Manny Ramirez. I mean, that was kind of a different situation because he was sort of demanding a trade out of Boston, but he goes to L. A. and they get to the championship series. So I mean, you know, it, you could find a case every year of, of things like this happening. Mm-hmm. And, you know, some say it's good for the game, some say it's bad for the game because, you know, the the young, the, uh, the bad teams get prospects in return, but they'll just end up trading those guys away in a few years anyway. Mm-hmm. I'll tell you another thing that makes up pro sports harder and harder to follow, and even big-time collegiate sports, is the amount of commercialism. Yeah. I mean, you watch that NCAA championship game, and, you know, I people that listen to the show regularly know that I'm a longtime tape guy. Mm-hmm. I watched very few games live, but the NCAA championship game I watched live, a great game. Everybody's talked about it. The TV timeouts, Brady. Yeah. Just absolutely kill. Right. The enjoyment of the game. I mean, it used to be bad. It's gone from bad to worse. The TV timeouts now are, they're more often. And not only are they more often, they're longer. Yeah. They well, used to be two minutes. They're now like four minutes. It's just. And in the, in the tournament, to be fair, it's just the tournament where every t- every timeout a team takes, they'll, they'll go to a commercial. Uh, Whether it's 30 seconds or a minute, brutal. but it's, it's still annoying. I, I get what you're saying. Uh, but during the regular season, they've only got, you know, the four media timeouts per half. Uh, and that's, you know, contractual things. You know, <laughs> we can't do anything about that. But I totally agree with you. You know, it gets annoying. And that's why I love DVR. Because, you know, yep. I, I'll DVR shows, I'll DVR games from time to time. You just mm-hmm. fast forward right through the commercials. Yep. It takes you an hour to watch a game. Yep. <laughs> and you can get into the flow. Right. You know, as a spectator, you know, we talk about it's tough as a fan watching. Can you imagine how it is for players? Oh, God. I mean, what what do coaches say to, the, to their players yeah. in, in a three-minute huddle? Yeah. But you know, in our limited athletic experience, Brady, you get in that sports, you get into a zone. Right. You get into a focus, you get the blood flowing, you get the computer competitive juices going, and I'm sure it's tough for the athletes, too. You go to a pro football game. They oh. stand around an unbelievable amount of time. Now, on the other hand, the pro players can't complain about it because... They're Without, making millions and millions exactly. of dollars because of the advertising. So it's revenue. kind of a double-edged sword. But right. if you forget the money about it, it's got to affect the athletes too. It can't be fun for them either. Oh yeah, you know, playing high school sports, I just want to get out there and play. You know, you don't have media timeouts. Mm-hmm. You you just go play, yeah. and you don't have any interruptions. Yeah. Well, uh, in the sports you played, badminton and uh, badminton, ping pong, and, there were yeah. very few TV right. timeouts. Right, right. Um, but I, I wonder what would have happened if I had. Continued on to play college badminton and college ping pong. <laughs> how, how the media would have affected my sport. <laughs> what are you planning on going on the pro badminton circuit? Hey, if, if that can make yeah. me some money. All right. And I'll go to the Olympics, too. Badminton becoming a very popular high school sport. It's for girls only. Right, yeah. We need uh, some guy to cross the barrier, to change the badminton world, and to, to challenge the Illinois High School Association because there's no badminton for guys. Right. Join the girls' team. When they kick you off, you make a legal suit, go to the IHSA. Title he, Nine, huh? Doesn't Title Nine work both ways? It should. As it, it's it's in the language, you know. Mm-hmm. Schools or whoever should not 
discriminate based yeah. on sex. And yep. it doesn't say girls or guys. Mm-hmm. You know, girls can be on football teams, but why can't guys yep. be on a girls' bowling team? I completely agree when it's not offered. You know, if there was a boys' right. badminton, then forget well, about sure, it. Sure, right, but... There isn't. I'm all for girls competing in a guy's sport, even if there's a girl softball player. If she's good enough, if she's good enough diamond. to play on the high school baseball team, softball and baseball, two different sports, she should be allowed to play. They're rare, rare exceptions. If she's good enough, let her play. Every sport, and again, any of our listeners have any thoughts on this, uh, phone line's open. We're going to take a break here in a second, but please uh, call in, 888 888-463-6748. The only one I would have a problem with, and there are some girls that do it, is the sport of wrestling. Yeah. That's a little sensitive. Right. Uh, yeah. <laughs> I didn't yeah. wrestle, but I, I can only imagine yeah. how awkward that would sort Just of be. Just because of the nature of the sport and the holds and what's involved. There are females, though, mm-hmm. that uh, there's no girls' high school wrestling. There are definitely females that wrestle at the high school varsity level, and that's got to be tough. Actually, not so much for the female. But for the guy. Tough for the guy. Yeah, because you... You never know what some girl's going to do. Right. I mean, I, I can't imagine that someone would pull a lawsuit out of a, an athletic competition where yeah. you're willingly participating, yeah. but you never know in today's society what mm-hmm. could happen, you know? Yeah. I mean, you touch someone the wrong way. and yeah. I remember my famous move, uh, Brady was not a good wrestler, never wrestled high school, but David, you'll be happy to know, undefeated. Undefeated in PE class and intramural wrestling. Thank they you did. very much. But they, my, they never let us wrestle. Really? In high school. Yeah, we didn't do wrestling. Well, see, back in my day, they, there was a lot less restrictions. Right, right. Now it's, you know, everything. You guys are soft. <laughs> but uh, my favorite move was the half Nelson crotch hole, right? Okay. That's a common wrestling. <laughs> Absolutely not. That was a common move, and I think it still is in wrestling. But, you know, you put a female in there, and all of a sudden the half Nelson crotch hold, uh, not nearly yeah. as effective. No. Yeah. No. All right. We taking a break? Let's take a break. There is a rule here on the talk zone. Anytime we talk half Nelson Crotchold, that's immediate cause for taking a break. Yeah. <laughs> to deal with the lawsuits that come in? Uh, you know, we've got a few lawsuits <laughs> pending right now. If you're a lawyer out there and would like to represent a financially strapped uh, sports talk host, we'll take your calls too at 888-463-674. A quick break. Brady Stiff sitting in for the big dog today. Two hours. Wow. Two hours of the talkzone.com. Don't go anywhere. Back for more fun to come. Back on the talkzone.com. Two guys and a mic. Brady Stiff sitting in for the big dog. Thanks for joining us, folks. A rare two hour show. Normally, of course, we go 10 till 11 o'clock Central Time. 
one hour, but today we get a bonus hour. And, uh, Brady, it's good that we do because lots to talk about the Masters Golf Tournament. We've got a little contest going here if you want to call up and pick any golfer to win the tournament. We will uh, send you a cash prize based on the odds of that particular golfer. So uh, feel free to do that at 888-463-6748. Baseball is off and running. And also, as we looked at the screen, one of our fine two TV screens here in the uh, studio, Brady, during the break. Because you can't lie about that anymore now that we have the cameras. No, <laughs> absolutely. It's no fun. I can't even lie about two guys and one mic. We right. actually have two guys and... And several mics. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, a lot of guys have already... The college season's been over, what, for about three, four days? Yeah. Already players are committing to the NBA. Kentucky had basically their entire starting lineup. Patrick Patterson, the junior, uh-huh. and three freshmen, Eric Bledsoe, DeMarcus Cousins, and, and John, John Wall, Wall, all have gone to the NBA. So Kentucky's kind of like the, the way station now with John Calipari as the coach for NBA players. Evan Turner, the college player of the year. From St. Joseph's High School, no surprise. He's going Xavier's guard, Jordan Crawford. Former Indiana guard. For, that hurts you as an Indiana grab, but oh, he yeah. had a great tournament. Xavier Henry, mm-hmm. the freshman sensation from Kansas. I actually uh, think it's Xavier. Is it Xavier? Yeah, I think it's Xavier. Ah, really? I think. I could be wrong. Interesting. I yeah. didn't think unless you did a full-page spread horizontal, you couldn't be called Xavier. <laughs> Whatever his name is, he's a heck of a ball player. Yeah. Freshman. Yeah. Freshman for Kansas, and uh, they play one year under the NBA. Yeah. But uh, your thoughts on uh, guys jumping? I'm sure we're going to hear a lot more in the days to come. Well, certainly no surprise with the Walls and the Cousins and the, uh, the Turners of the world. Uh, Crawford was uh, a sophomore this year. It's his first year. Well, uh, eligibility-wise, he's a sophomore. Uh, he's a junior in school, but uh, I mean his his stock rose way up in the tournament because of the way he played and yeah. carried Xavier to the Sweet 16. Wasn't that it? might have been one of those when you're hot, you're hot, right? You know, you're yeah. on the top of your game. You probably won't play any better than that, so might as well go. Maybe you get drafted high. Another former Indiana guard, Armand Bassett, out of Ohio, who knocked off Georgetown in the first round, going to the NBA as well. So. Uh, some surprises, some not not so surprising moves. Obviously, you had John Wall and Demarcus Cousins. They said they were going to take two weeks to decide, you know, their future. Come on, mm-hmm. when's the last time those guys went to class? Yeah. So that see there again the problem with college basketball. We talked about this once. Kentucky was knocked out of the tournament. Did John Wall, Demarcus Cousins, ever attend class? I don't think they've attended class after first semester. See, that's I wouldn't. I wouldn't if I were in that situation. Mm-hmm. Why would you? Well. Okay, but let me ask you this. If you were a college basketball administrator, would you address that problem, situation? How can you control it, though? I mean, because they're... How can they're, you not? Well, they're they're playing, and they, they their grades don't come into account until well, that semester. So Yeah, but we're going to send an investigator to schools, and we're going to find... If these guys are not attending school, you're taking advantage. You're making a, a charade of the whole college thing. Uh, your school will go on suspension, and you won't be eligible for the NBA draft. Until they put a rule in, it's That's going to I'm happen saying. like this. Yeah. And and you're right. You're exactly right. It's it's a shame. I I just wrote a blog about this the other day. Uh, these these one and done kids are are terrible for college basketball. Mm-hmm. And college basketball wasn't the one who made the rule. It was the NBA. It's the NBA's rule. Right. Um. I I think basketball both levels would be better off just abolishing that rule and letting high school kids make the jump to the NBA if they think they're ready. Mm-hmm. Uh. LeBron, Kobe. Guys that have certainly made it in the NBA going straight from high school, uh, they're guys that don't make it. Uh, it's going to happen, but guys who are legitimately ready, and John Wall is probably one of those guys, 
Derrick Rose, maybe you could put in that conversation as well. Uh, how did they benefit from one year in college, one semester in college, really? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, just at, at Indiana, we witnessed Eric Gordon um, play for one year and then bolt for the NBA. How did he benefit from going to college, and how did college basketball benefit from having those guys in for one year? Yeah, you know, makes it a travesty of the game. People, people really? say it's it's college basketball is about the coaches and not the players. You know, you, you know Tom Izzo, Roy Williams, they're going to be there every year. But can you uh, the co- the casual sports mm-hmm. fan? Can you really name four guys on Michigan State's roster? I mean, it, it's so much about the coaches because these players leave after well, one year. But having said that, and again, we're talking about uh, college players jumping to the NBA now. A lot of them after their. First year of college, uh, you want to chime in on the hoops discussion, 888-463-6748, Haven't said that, Brady. There, uh, a lot of people said, well, now that the kids are jumping early and going to the NBA, it's ruining college basketball. There's not going to be any stars anymore. And that has proven, at least from my standpoint, to be absolutely incorrect. Right. I mean, there's so much talent now. There's so many good players. Yeah, guys are in the NBA now, but look at the tournament. Look how many great players we were able to enjoy watching so to me there's no lack of of star power or great players in college basketball there's a deep well to draw from and i think if you watch college basketball regularly and you follow these teams and you follow some of these players you can really appreciate like look at look at the championship game uh monday night duke is is upperclassmen heavy uh butler i mean the core of players there are are sophomores but that's sort of a product of their coach being 33 and only his third year on the job uh, but none of those guys are, are bolting to the NBA. Gordon Hayward might, but that's that remains to be seen. Um, it, it sort of goes to show you how staying in school and getting a good education. Uh, I mean, there were Butler players in class the day of the title game, yep. which I mean, it, it was sort of a product of the game being six miles from their campus. Mm-hmm. However, it would be easy to say, "Oh, we got a big big game tonight. We're sleeping in, or we're not going to class." Uh, that just doesn't happen in a lot of cases. So I I, I think it is hurting the game of uh, of college basketball to have these one and dones because you get to know them and they're gone. You get to know them and they're gone. And I think it would be uh, a lot more uh, exciting to watch guys grow over their four year career and be able to follow them and get to know them. Mm-hmm. Plus, I think you just have better basketball then going forward to the next level. Yeah, it's a free world too. You know, right. you talk about government making too many rules or institutions making too many rules, is that a place where they should step in and and tell an 18-year-old kid, no, you can't right. earn a living from somebody that's willing to pay you the money? You know, how many kids a year is it? Eight? Two or three? I mean, yeah, it's probably a little bit more than two or three now. This year was a, was a big class of one and dones. Last year, there was one or two, yeah. I think. Tyreek Evans comes to mind. I, I Just off the top of my head, so, I can't think of any. But. Yeah, so high school kids that would be drafted and paid by the pros every year. Yeah. Five to ten? Five to if that. So, I mean, you know, we're not talking a major social problem here. We're talking five to ten unbelievably talented kids. Uh, you know, let them go. Right. If someone's willing to pay them now. Having said that, the NBA should put in something for the young players. Okay? Some kind of tutorial program, some kind of educational program, where these kids who are coming out of high school uh, are given some basic education. Sure. Yeah. Uh, that, that would be definitely something for David Stern to look into because... I mean, Gilbert Arenas, you know, I mean, he's he wasn't a, you know, a straight out of high school. At least I don't think he was a straight out of high school he kid. Went, didn't he play at Arizona? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Uh, but, I mean, he's now in trouble with the law with, with guns. I mean, yep. 
hopefully these he kids fought would the have, law and the law won. Exactly. Uh, hopefully these kids would have enough common sense coming out of high school. But I mean, were you and I denied the opportunity to find uh, a living after mm-hmm. high school? No. Why are these kids being denied the opportunity to make a living straight out of high school? It doesn't did, make sense I did to me. turn down a uh, semi-lucrative landscaping career Okay. out of high school. Turned down because uh, my parents basically said, you will turn it down. <laughs> but uh, I was ready to make landscaping a career. It was a uh, you know, yeah. little cash-ready cash business. Yeah, yeah. I was expanding it, but uh, on to college we went. Yeah. So, you know, I've been there. I've turned down the big bucks as well, Brady. Yeah. and Not quite as big. See, I, I would think that the NBA would want these kids in the league. You know, the John Wall. I mean, look how much excitement he caused in, in the state of Kentucky and for that for that fan base. Mm-hmm. What if the NBA, I mean, they could capitalize big time on that with uh, jersey can we, can sales. Can we come up with a compromise that if you're going to make them, if you're going to have them go to college, two years. The one and done thing is a travesty. Yeah, because, I mean, we, we've already talked about it. You go to one semester of classes yeah, to remain eligible ridiculous. and then. Yeah. You or if work. you're going to do one and done and, you know, David Stern or any of the. David Stern, disciples from the NBA, for listening to the show. I've got some time on my hand. Brady, I know it would assist me. We would uh, we would step in and help to uh, be academic counselors, if you will. Sure. Or academic enforcers. Yeah. But if you're going to play for a year in college, uh, when the semester ends, you got to go to class second semester as well. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah. If you're going to be a college basketball player when the season ends, you don't stop going to class. Yeah. The next day after, I'm 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 walking Demarcus Cousins and John Wall to class. Thank you very much. Even if it's ballroom dancing, you no, know, like, no, no, like, no, they should be well, getting okay, some legit yeah. education. I, I agree, but yeah. I mean, they they have to have some sort of discipline mm-hmm. because uh, don't it, knock ballroom dancing. By the way, a lot of discipline, <laughs> a lot of discipline in ballroom dancing. It hurts the schools as well because there's this new thing called APR, academic progress rate. That's overrated. And if you it, like Kentucky, <laughs> they're going to have a lot of these guys. These kids aren't going to graduate. What's it called? Academic progress rate. And it's based on your graduation rate. This is out of the sports field. No, well, college. But it it directly deals with college basketball and maybe football, too. But uh, if you have a bunch of players that come in, like a John Wall, like a DeMarcus Cousins, that go to school for a year and don't graduate, if your rate gets bad enough over time, you're going to lose scholarships. And it's hard enough for these coaches to rebuild every year. Mm -hmm. You know, you're competing with all the top schools for the top players. Um Kyle Parry has proven that he's a great recruiter. Uh, whether his ethics in that field are legitimate or not, um, he's shown the, t- the talent to get the top players. You know, are you going to have enough scholarships for those players and be able to compete on a national level? You know, if your APR gets bad enough. Mm-hmm. Right, Brady Stiff uh, and the coach here. A few more minutes on a two-hour talkzone.com. Two guys in a mic experience. Phone lines are open if you want to check in. Eight 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 four six three. 6748. Again, you can email us at Mike2Guys at AOL.com. That's M-I-C and the number two. Mike2Guys, AOL.com. We were talking, Brady, talking about uh, college classes. You kind of offhandedly mentioned ballroom dancing, which, by the way, U of I, when I was there, was the hardest class to get into. Seriously. It was the most popular class. But you mentioned you took a class, which I took about, you know, we're about 30 years apart, but fencing. Fencing. Fencing is a college class. I've never had more fun in my life in a class. Was this an elective or required? It was it was an elective. Okay. Uh, but part of my program at school was to take classes like like. <laughs> my degree is technically in kinesiology, yeah. so it's try right, something, try something new. Try something new, mm-hmm. and I'll tell you what, I had a lot of fun. Uh, it was a lot of it's a workout because of 
sort of the stance you got to be in, and you know, it's it's a, a lot more of a workout than you might think. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it was a ton of fun, and if I had more you know credits available, I would have mm-hmm. continued with fencing too. Very very odd sport. I did not have as good of experience when I did fencing. I remember I had to take because I was a PE major, mm-hmm. so we had to take a certain amount of classes. Right. But I remember my fencing teacher was very old school from the old country, mm-hmm. and you had to do everything. Well, exactly. It's, it's a French sport, isn't it? You know, I'm, I can't I think, remember. Because touche, they say it. Yeah, in, there you go. In, in Epe, all the time. Epe yeah, and right. touche and right. tushy. And yeah. <laughs> I went touche on the touche. There you go. But uh, I remember it was no fun because, well, first of all, every other person in the class was like straight sure. as an arrow. Oh, yeah. Total nerd central. They all <laughs> followed. You know, you had to do exactly two steps forward, a lunge back, two here, and a twist <laughs> And an epe, and every time I would do something, no, 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 that is wrong, you must do two here, and then one. So, you know, there was like no creativity, and then I started like the, the last three, four classes. Yeah. I started just going, doing my own thing. Yeah. And he would get so disgusted with me, and I'd, in the matches, I'd start doing like spin arounds, <laughs> and, you know, little flips and stuff like that. And, and there's and not a lot of room on that fencing strip either. I created my own room. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> but he didn't like that. Very, very formal, at least it was back in my day. Right. And... At the end of the uh, at the end of the class, exactly. No, no, you cannot do that. <laughs> at the end of the class, we had a tournament, and I'm a pretty short guy. I'm yep. like five foot six on yeah. a good day. But you still, for those not on the webcast, uh, how do I gently put this? In fencing, you still have good uh, target area. Yeah, yeah. That's that's to say the <laughs> least. <laughs> Sorry. So uh, my reach was sort of. Not as as yeah. as good as the tall guy. Disadvantage. And yeah, so. Did they give you a longer sword? No, it was the same same length sword. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so that was your excuse for going a, like zero and eleven and PE no, class. No, I, I got fairly. I got like to the sweet sixteen of, of okay. the of the fencing class tournament, okay. and then I was so, ousted by a, a much taller guy who had a longer reach. I hate those much taller guys with longer <laughs> reaches. See, in fencing, all you can do is like jab forward and jab backwards. Right. I pictured myself. I was doing like the Zorro thing, <laughs> yeah. swinging the thing all over. That, that's sort of what the guy taught us. You can like knock their sword out of the way yeah. and then go in there. Yeah. And, so that that was a tactic I used quite uh-huh. a bit. I watched Olympic fencing a lot. I don't know how we got on this topic, but anyhow, it's a fun topic. Yeah. All right. Well, we have well, some fun here. One could argue that eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. Two guys and a mic. About five minutes left. Brady you got all kinds of notes for the show. At least I hope they're notes for the show. You could be doodling down phone numbers to call people later. But well, to maybe. any items we have not gotten to, we do thank you for coming in doing the show today, but any sports items we have not gotten to on the Brady Stiff stat sheet here that you want to bring up? None that I can see. Okay. We could talk a little Nibba. The Bulls. Beg your pardon? Nibba. This is a family show. The NBA. Let's keep Nibba. it clean. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm not the biggest NBA fan myself, mm-hmm. uh, but the Bulls, I mean, they're sitting, what, half a game out of the last playoff spot? Toronto is helping us out. They lost yeah. last night. And they they lost Chris Bosh, too. He fractured his face or something like that. So he's going to be out. Fractured his face? Yeah. That, that's what they're calling it, a fractured face. Ooh, that's not good. No, it's not good. Um, fractured face. I, I've, I've gone back and forth a few times. What would you rather have? Would you rather be the eighth seed in the playoffs and have to face the Cavaliers mm-hmm. in the first round, or would you rather be in the lottery oh, and get the high draft come pick? Come on. Don't give me that argument. Why not? Huh? Why? What's you want to make the playoffs. It's sports. It's competition. Know, you want to but... get in the game. Look what happened last year when the Bulls made the playoffs. Yeah. They gave the Boston Celtics a great run. There's an honor. You don't want to lose 
purposely, I know you're not saying lose purposely, right. but in the long run, what would be better? Who knows what happens in the lottery? Well, and the argument I, is. You know, that, that, that's a pet peeve of mine. That one hits the, the rare nerve. I'm all for uh, win the games, make the playoffs, get the experience. There is an argument that I think they're switching picks with the Timberwolves because of a trade or something they made. So even if they got to the lottery, the, yeah. the T-Wolves would get that pick. So, yeah, go to the playoffs, get some experience, mm-hmm. attract a free agent because this summer is going to be uh, one to remember in the NBA because of all the free agents. You know, Chris Bosh, uh, LeBron, Dwayne Wade, Joe Johnson, all those guys are free agents, and the Bulls are in position to uh, to go after one of those guys pretty mm-hmm. hard. Yep, half game out. They uh, totally laid an egg against the Milwaukee Bucks a couple of games ago. Uh, Toronto had lost. Bosch got injured. Bulls jump out to a 13-point lead. And, uh, you know, you talk about teams just going through the motions in the NBA. The Milwaukee Bucks were on the road. I think they had played a game the day before, maybe two days before. They're already in the playoffs. I don't know if they had technically clinched, but they were in. Didn't have that much to play for in a spirited Milwaukee Buck rally, and the Bulls uh, kind of were flat. Their best player, Derrick Rose, was a little disinterested in the game. He did yeah. not have uh, his giddy up and go, and they lost. Uh, that was a tough loss for the Bulls. And a lot of people are starting to sort of re-come down on, if that makes sense, Vinny Del Negro. Uh, I was talking to one of my friends last night who's a pretty big Bulls fan, yeah. and he was all over Del Negro for not getting Rose the ball in the late-game situation. Uh, just poor play designing and... and all that good stuff. So Vinny might be mm-hmm. sort of on the hot seat again I if may, they uh, collapse. Because they were solidly in the playoffs, and then they lost 10 in a row or something like that. Mm-hmm. So, uh, yeah. I think considering the talent, I've been a Vinny Del Negro supporter. I listen to the guy talk. I think he says all the right things. I think he's a, a very underrated as far as a basketball mind. Mm-hmm. Pretty sharp guy. Whether the players respect him or not, we still have to see. I think he's developing, and the one could argue... With the injuries they've had and the talent level, if you look at it just objectively, they've actually done pretty well. Right. I mean, Deng, Noah, Heinrich, uh, Derek all the, Rose. and Derek Rose all have missed time this year, and yeah. they're still in contention for a playoff spot. Mm-hmm. So there's something to be said for you know, their their performance this season. Yeah. Uh, are they going to finish over 500? No. I don't know their record offhand. No. But, um, I mean, if About they four make... four or five games below, they won't okay. finish 500. Okay, so mm-hmm. they won't finish 500. Uh, but I mean, if they make it to playoffs again, you know, with as many injuries as they've had to key players too, not just you know the schmoes at the end of the bench, but uh, the Rose is the 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 Noahs who Noahs had, uh, had a breakout season, Oof. fantastic year. I, I I you know hoped he could be good. I never thought he would be as good. Not that he's a superstar, but he's a legit NBA player. As is the rookie Taj Gibson. Oh yeah, who's yeah. going to be a very very solid, not a star, but a very solid NBA player. Hey Brady, we really appreciate your. Uh, Coming in, all the Brady Stiff fans out there, listen to the show. We much appreciate you. I know you spread the word via Facebook and some of your other. You are a, 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 I'm a give us your blog again. The NBR, T H E N B R dot WordPress dot com. What's WordPress? It's the it's sort of the the hosting site where we write. Don't get high tech with me, young man. <laughs> a lot of people go to WordPress dot com and they they can make their blogs. Okay. Um. So we. We had our own site, and then the server crashed, so we just went to WordPress, and they're more reliable, and, yeah, we just made it easy on ourselves. So NBR, the nbr.wordpress.com. Okay. Blog spelled backwards, by the way, is Golb. Yeah. Just thought I'd mention that. All right, David Olson, uh, any producer can put up with two hours of this gibberish. 
You deserve my utmost respect. We tease uh, David. We kid him. We abuse him. And uh, for the most part, he deserves it. But uh, <laughs> thank you so much. Great job producing the show. Everybody out there, thank you for listening again. Brady, uh, thanks for making the trip in. Thank you, Coach. Hope to do it again soon. We'll get you back soon. Don't forget, if uh, your girlfriend bows out of the derby trip, you're in. I'm right there for you. Uh, you know, separate bedrooms, though. Right. Of course. <laughs> TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. Thanks for listening. Have a great day, everybody.